we're standing here in our right minds, we're listening in our right minds, you know, and just having a mind to hear what the, the Spirit has to say unto the church is evidence of a right mind, evidence of His grace. I want to greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to Sunday Morning Live. That is SML inside the pages with me, Pastor Carl Henderson, and it's presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church. 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, that is Pomona, California. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m., Tuesday Bible study, 7 p.m., and Thursdays Acts of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Bible is the Word of God, therefore we are faithful, we are bold, we are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience, to the Word of God. If you haven't started, I want you to get uh, get things in motion and take this year with purpose. You know, uh, pray and ask God for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and He will give it. He said that that if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. You know, and we all need wisdom. We all need understanding uh, from day to day, and especially to deal with the trials and tribulations of this life. You know. Uh, we, the best is yet to come. Uh, getting saved is great. That's what's going to take you into the better. You know, so the best is yet to come. I want to direct your attention to the book of Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. We're going to continue on. We're going to go into the word of God right after this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray and ask that you would bless us as we go into your word this evening. Open our understanding, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to receive out of your word that you have for us today. Lord God, I ask that you would bless those that are listening. I ask that you would bless those that are on the way. I ask that you would bless those that have already arrived. Lord God, I thank you right now, Savior. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Lord, if there's any sick among us, I ask that you would touch them in their body. Lord, you touch their emotions. Lord God, touch their mental state. Father, we pray and ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord God, stir up the mind of the backslider. Lord God, that they may turn from their wicked ways. Lord God, stir up the mind of the unrighteous, Lord. Lord Jesus, so that they may call upon you and ask, what must I do to be saved? Lord God, we ask these blessings in Jesus' name as we look for your return. Hallelujah. Lord God, we look for you in fulfilling your word, Lord. In Jesus' name. The book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, uh, verse um, 5 through 8, uh, this 37, 5 through 8, and your device or if you have your paperback, and for those that are you that are present, uh, whichever you're using, let's go to the 37th chapter. The Bible says, thus said the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinew upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. 
And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. You know, these were, or, uh, those were some thick bones. There were some skinny bones. May have been some broken bones. Certainly they were dry bones. And they were alone. They were individual. They had been scattered. They were not together. And the Lord spoke to Ezekiel and told him to speak to those bones. You know, how many times have we been told to speak to a situation? And we just didn't do it because we looked at it and said, well, it's too dry. We looked at it and said, it's, in what we're, it's impossible. It's just not going to happen. I just don't, you know, I just don't have the confidence. I don't have the faith uh, that anything is going to change. You know, we look at situations, we look at circumstances, and we feel that way sometimes. I don't know anyone that's going to be honest with themselves and uh, or be honest with you and and, and not say, uh, you know, that you know, I have felt that way. I, you know, the scripture said, don't be weary in well-doing. Faith is something that you do well to have. Uh, but the, the, there was a man that Jesus was speaking to, and he said, Lord, help my unbelief. I'm struggling in some areas. And there may be times that you find that you're struggling as well. I believe that we struggle in certain areas because of the way we were raised. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe your father said, I'm, I'm going to pick you up, separated, you know, not in the home. So I'm going to pick you up and you sit there waiting and then he never arrives. You know, it could be mom's on her way, but mom never make it. And so the list goes on of broken promises, of hearing different things and, and not seeing an end result. And so you grow up with that. And now you're being told to have faith in what you don't see. No man has seen God. No man has seen the Lord. And so you're being told to have faith in him. And so it means something unto the Lord for you and I to believe. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, uh, Jesus went to a city and the Bible said he did not many, he didn't do many works there because of their unbelief. There were those that did not enter into his rest because of unbelief. So your belief, my belief, your belief has a lot of weight. It has a lot of weight. I can't express that enough. It has a lot of weight. The Bible said that uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It also says by, by faith, the elders obtain a good report. So having faith in God means something. It, it means a lot. It, it carries a monumental weight. Um, and, and so faith is not something you want to be without. You want to be, you want to have faith in God. And so uh, he looks in, remember, he's, he's in a valley that's full of bones. And he said the bones are very dry. 
And I can only imagine that, as I stated earlier, some thick bones. There were some skinny bones, some broken bones, some dry bones, or all of them was dry. And these bones had been scattered. So these bones were lonely. They were alone. And the Lord told him to speak to them. Speak to those scattered bones that uh, the wind and uh, maybe animals, we have uh, moved them, but uh, speak to them anyhow. And so Ezekiel said, thus said the Lord unto, unto those bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. Now, the message is not to you. Even though the Lord is using you, the message is to a specific situation. Uh, Cornerstone was told to speak uh, to whatever uh, that they, they need to speak to, speak to it, talk to it. And I'm telling you to, to, to talk to whatever it is, because the Bible said the power of life and death is in the tongue. And it is a universal law. It is a universal uh, benefit to you speaking the right things. If you, uh, we, we've seen it, we've heard it, some have experienced it. If you're told, talk down to there may come a time that, that you start to act that way because it's in now within your mind, it's within your spirit that this is the way people think of you. And so you start to think that way and such as a man thinketh, so is he. And so you start to carry on a certain way until someone brings it to your attention and you're not what people think of. You're not what people say about you. You're, you have to think of yourself and you have to talk to yourself as well. You have to say, I am somebody. And so therefore, you're not just speaking to self, but you're speaking to a situation that would overwhelm you. The message is, was not to Ezekiel, but it was to the specific situation that he was looking at. It was a place, a valley, full of dry bones. Situations dry up like bones. Uh, a lot of dry bones that was there. Uh, Ezekiel standing there and he's looking and, and, and only God knows what was going through his mind at that moment because the conditions, as he said, was very dry. Maybe this sounds similar uh, to you. Uh, maybe your situation seemed like it is dry. You know, many have suffered loss of, of finances, uh, economics of dry, uh, you know, uh, situations uh, could be dry, you know, uh, at the job. It could be dry in the home. Situations could be dry in so many different areas. But I, I'm telling you tonight to speak to the situation. Uh, have faith and believe in what God is saying. And so we're, 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 this, we're, we're talking about uh, being sober-minded now. You, you're going to have to uh, grab everything and say, you know what, I'm going to start talking to my situation. Because sometimes you're in a valley. You're in that valley of dryness. And things appear hopeless. See, he was in that, that valley and he said it was very dry. That very dry was, was hopelessness. 
However, God sent a word. Cornerstone. God sent a word. And these very dry bones, he sent a word to them. And he told them, uh, remember, Ezekiel was told to, uh, to tell them, hear the word of the Lord. And that was one of the keys that was given to you uh, about a week ago, that when you begin to speak to the situation, that you tell it to hear the word of the Lord. That is a command. And so you tell it to hear the word of the Lord. You're not just going to say it, but you're going to tell it to hear the word of the Lord. God sent a word to these very dry bones and he told them to listen. So he wasn't just saying that. He was saying it because he knew the ability for them to hear was there. Mm -hmm. Your situation can hear what you're saying. And it will adhere to whatever you tell it. Mm -hmm. Yes. He said, I will cause breath to enter into you. As a result of his breath, as a result of God's breath, ye shall live. As a result of what God has said, and because you were told to hear the word of the Lord, you shall live. You're going to live. You're not going to die. The situation is not going to uh, going to dry up right away and, and, and deteriorate. No, it, it's going to live. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 55 and 11, and I, I need you to believe this. Uh, the Bible says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So when God speaks, when he sends his word, it's going to go forth and it's going to prosper in the thing wherein I sent it. When someone speaks into your life, you know, some, some of you, you go to service and, uh, you know, I'm very cautious about this. And, and so um, I, I caution even the church, uh, a cornerstone that, listen, now I'll call you a few times tonight. Huh? Listen, and so uh, you're not to run up and get prayer by everybody. Uh, you, matter of fact, uh, when someone speaks into your life, Whatever is being spoken needs to line up with God's divine will. It needs to line up with his will. And in order for it to line up with uh, to his divine will, what position do you need to be in? You need to make sure that you are in line with his will. Now, there is the permissive will of God and there is the divine will of God. I'm telling you to step over into the divine will of God. God's divine will has a guarantee. And that guarantee says that it shall prosper in the thing where to I send it. It doesn't mean that the permissive will not, will not be fulfilled. But it's something about that divine will that carries you over, that pulls out of, out of eternity into time. It does something within your spirit that the natural, the tangible does not do. So you want the divine will of God in your life. 
Ezekiel was experiencing and had seen and was and was encountering, constantly encountering uh, the divine will of God. He was watching it unfold uh, over and over again as God turned the situation around, as God dealt with the children of Israel for their rebellion, and then he dealt with their enemy for trying to take advantage of their situation when they was down until we arrived into the valley of dry bones. The situation was because Israel did not do what God had instructed them to do. They went and did it what they did it the way they wanted to do it. They catered to their flesh. And, and you know, and, and as, as some uh, uh, do, uh, even today, uh, that, you know, well, God understands and he's going to forgive me and he's going he's gonna to let me slide and get away with this. I'm going to do what I want to do anyhow, anyway. You need to understand something that while you're doing it anyhow, in any way, you're missing out on something. While you're doing it anyhow, in any way, what if the moment in the twinkling of an eye should occur? While you're doing it your way, you will be stuck in your own way. You, you, so you don't want to travel down certain paths. You need to stay off those what? Slippery slopes. The Bible says, and I will, the sixth verse, and I will lay sinew upon you and will bring upon flesh upon you and cover you with skin. So they did not have any sinew. It did not have any skin and put breath in you, which did not exist. And ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Now, sinew is uh, pieces of tough, uh, fibrous tissue, uniting muscle, which unites muscle to the bone or, or bone to bone. It is a tendon or a ligament. It is the part of a structure system or thing that gives strength or bind it together. So it is the source of strength. It is a source of power. It is a source of vigor. The sinew of the nations or the individual strength, power, resilience. God has called a uh, called together a, a greater moral and spiritual sinew in our lives so that we are strengthened, so that we can do what? So that we can be united, so that we can uh, be part of his structure, so that we can be strengthened and bound together, so we will have the power and the vigor that he is looking for in this day and time. Are you willing? Do you hear the words of the Lord? God has called us to a greater, a greater strength. And so Ezekiel goes on to say that. So I, he, he then went on to say, I, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a shaking and the bones came together bone to his bone. 
I, we were the other day. I was asked a question about those that are. We were talking about the coming of the Lord, and you know, uh, people have donated body parts and uh, you know, and given away organs and different things, and they've gone on uh, into uh, to be with the Lord. Well, the Bible tells us that every uh, that our we're going to give account for everything that was done in these bodies, and so uh, you know that organ part, that arm, whatever was was donated belongs to that saint it belongs to and some parts are stolen it belongs to that individual God just as God called the bones to come together it doesn't matter if ashes were scattered over the sea it doesn't matter on top of the mountaintop it doesn't matter what how when where God is able to call that body together to give an account for what has been done during their assignment. I refer to life as an assignment, a temporary assignment, because, uh, because we're only here for a short period of time. No matter how many years you may live out, uh, you're, you're, it's a temporary assignment. You came into the world and you're going to leave out one way or the other. It could be through uh, through falling asleep, death, or we are all caught up. And those which are uh, uh, those that are asleep shall rise up first, and then we which are alive will be caught up in the air to meet the Lord. And so shall we ever be with Him. He's able to call the bones together. He's able to call those ashes together. He is able to call that individual, no matter how that body. Uh, has uh, conditioned that body and restored just as he is able to restore these dry bones because he said that Ezekiel said I prophesied I did what the Lord told me to do uh, his mind was stirred Ezekiel had seen visions he had been exposed to mental emotional and spiritual situations and he has been strengthened he has been fortified some things that we deal with strengthen us. It may not seem like it at the moment, but it adds some strength to us. It's just like weight uh, uh, lifting weights, you know, weight resistance. It might seem muscles get sore, but after a while, you don't deal with that soreness any longer, but you'll find that you're stronger. Some of the things that you deal with, some of the things that, that uh, scar, you know, words, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, you know, th those, <laughs> but we know the truth behind it. And so sometimes those words and what was said uh, hurt it at the moment, but now you're able to deal with things and what people might say. And certainly you understand that when you live in a sanctified life, people will talk about you. People will say things. People will do things. You could be minding your business and somebody will act a fool. But thank God that all things, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. And so no matter what it is, uh, I, I, uh, my godmother told me one day, she said, David said it's good that I was afflicted. I didn't get it then, but found out that through afflictions, 
the things that you suffer, what you might go through, will build character. It will teach you a lesson. It will show you what you should not do and what you can do and what you, mm -hmm. So there's a lesson to be learned. And Ezekiel learned some lessons because he had to deal with some situations that he did not fully understand. But he was obedient to what God had told him. He was obedient to the things that he was being instructed to do. And now he said, I'm pro I prophesied as I was commanded. He yielded himself. He opened his mouth and he spoke. Ezekiel not only yielded his voice, but he yielded his life. His, he disciplined himself to obey God. You know, discipline, the practice of training, uh, to obey rules, uh, a code of behavior, uh, to correct disobedience. Because God wants a sacrifice of obedience, not disobedience. With the things that Ezekiel had seen and experienced, if he would have done any other thing, he would have been no different than the people that he was ministering to when he was preaching repentance to them, when he was prophesying to them, when he was rebuking them, when he was instructing them, when he was watching the word of God manifest itself in the community of the believer, the unbeliever, in the community within the community itself. Ezekiel was dealing with things and he was obedient to what God was saying. Ezekiel held on and followed what the Lord commanded of him. The Lord asked him, he said, can these bones live? And he said, Lord, thou knowest. He gave the Lord a good answer. He gave the Lord a right answer. Ezekiel was motivated by the reward of doing what pleased the Lord. That, that, that's a motivation right there. I, I heard one minister say, and I, I, I appreciated this. He said, he said, I'm not graduating in salvation. He said, I'm motivated. I'm motivated by the end of what is going to, what I am going to receive of the Lord. I'm not trying to graduate up. I'm, I'm motivated because of all that I have, am experiencing in reading his word, understanding his word, obeying his word, living a sanctified life. Knowing that one day I will hear the Lord say finally, that the final words well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over men. Enter ye into the joy of the Lord. Ezekiel was doing what was pleasing to the Lord. God was and is releasing the necessary strength to individuals to make up the nation. Mm -hmm. Even at this moment, God is releasing the necessary strength to you to make up the jewels of his crown. There was complete silence until there was an act of obedience. Ezekiel was there. Nothing was moving. Nothing was happening until he did what? Until he prophesied as he was commanded. And then there was a noise. 
So nothing happened prior to that. There was a noise because he made an audible sound. Then there was movement that was orchestrated by the word of the Lord. Some of you listening, I'm just going to say all of us, need to ensure, need to discipline ourselves to obey God so that there will be a move of God in your home, a move of God on your job, a move of God in whatever situation that there need to be a move in. Most of all, a move within us. I believe it's Peter that said uh, to make uh, uh, our calling and election sure. And that's what we need to do is be disciplined so that we make our calling and our election sure. Discipline will tell you to be quiet. Study to show yourself approved. It'll tell you to be quiet when you want to say something. It'll tell you to do your job when you're at work and you, you want to start to say, hey, no, 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 stop. do your job. You know, uh, turn on some, some uh, everybody else got their music on, go and turn on your, uh, your music and, and um, you know, uh, turn on your Bible gateway or whatever, but get your job done. Uh, discipline will tell you don't be uh, busy body in other people's matters. Discipline will tell all of us to obey the word of God. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Forget about telling her to obey me, obey me, girl. No. Love that woman like Christ loved the church and gave himself, which means you make sacrifices. Don't provoke your children, fathers. Discipline will teach us not to provoke. Well, my dad raised me this way and I'm going to. No, listen. It don't mean that because you were raised a certain way that it was the right way. The Bible tells us that charity starts at home. So we need to discipline ourselves to be loving at home first. Now, not loving all in the church. You know, you get to church, you're all friendly with everybody. And, you know, but get home and, and there's no smile. Get home and then, when was the last time you said, told your brother? I'm talking about your natural brother. When was the last time you told your natural sister or, you know, uh, or, or your child, I love you. Charity starts at home. It, it starts at home, not in the church. It, it may, you may learn about it here, but then it spreads out. But it's supposed to start at home. That's where it starts at. It starts with our acts of kindness. It starts with our being considerate of others. Because why? We're disciplining ourselves to be compassionate as Christ. We're disciplining ourselves to be sympathetic, empathetic. We're positioning ourselves to look and to know. I love what God is doing here. And the eighth verse says, And when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. So while he was looking, while Ezekiel was looking at the sinew, you know, those pieces of tough uh, uh, fibrous tissue for uniting muscle or uh, bone to bone, you know, the tendon, the, uh, the, uh, you know, and uh, the structured system of things to give strength and bind together. 
you know, it, it, it appeared on those thick bones. It appeared on those skinny bones. It appeared on those, uh, those broken bones that had been separated. It appeared on all of the dry bones. They needed strength. They needed power. They needed the vitality. They needed the resilience. They needed to move into place. The scripture says, the skin covered them. Flesh came upon them. The skin covered them. Now, I thought about that. I, I, I like that so much. It covered them. Mm-hmm. They were no longer exposed. You know, you, you ever felt exposed? They were no longer naked. You ever felt naked? You, you're standing there fully clothed, but you feel naked. Uh, you, you ever felt embarrassed? Mentally, emotionally exposed. Mentally, emotionally naked. Mentally, emotionally embarrassed. Shame, not knowing what to do, dealing with the emotional trauma on the inside. No one can see it, uh, but you feel it. You know it's there. Sometimes we're able to put up a good show in public and in front of others. And then there are times that it does show and the comfort need to be there. Only those that have disciplined themselves and realized that they were once exposed, they were once naked or embarrassed, feeling shame is able to help. The skin covered them. They were no longer exposed. They were no longer naked or embarrassed, no longer ashamed. Now, I, and the Bible tells us that Proverbs 10 and 12 said, hatred stirs up strife. So anytime somebody is stirring up strife, they're a hater. But love covered all sin. Don't tell me that I love you in the Lord. I need to hire somebody to come and say some choice words with me with that. But, but listen, no, I don't love you in Christ. Because to me, that's a statement that says that if you were not in church, you would not love me. God's not like that. His love is so great that it covers our sins. Excuse me, I, I get choked up when I think about my salvation. I, I, I feel and emotional when I think about how the Lord saved and, and the fact that his love covered a multitude of sin. Why can't we do the same? God had a reason. Uh, what's your excuse? God could have, didn't have to, but he did cover a multitude of sin. What's your excuse for not covering anyone's sin? What, what's, you, are you better than God? Are you greater than him? He died on the cross for our sins. 
you did not do anything except complain and oh, bless your Lord God. That oh, was a whole lot of stuff. Nobody has a right to expose anyone. No one has a right to, to make someone feel naked, embarrassed, or ashamed. God covered a multitude of sin when he hung on Calvary. We should do the same. We should not hold anything over anyone's head. Matter of fact, the, the Lord was very clear in that. He said, if you cannot forgive, then you will not be forgiven. That is the scripture. So there's a lot of people that think they're going, I'm going up yonder. If anybody asks you where I'm going. Well, if you, if you are not forgiving, you ain't going nowhere. How can someone say, I love God, and you don't love your brother that's standing next to you? It don't matter how they smell. It don't matter what, you better love everybody without love, charity, which is the greatest gift of everything. You will not be going anywhere. You're going to be just like, you're going to be some bones. Mm -hmm, the valley of dry bones. But I love God. I love him because those bones represented structure of what was and what is to come. Those bones in the eyes of man had their day, but in the eyes of God, their day was just starting. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stop with that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop right there. But I, I pray and I hope what has been said stir, resonates with you. Let's walk in the power of God. Let's walk discipline. Let's walk in the way that as Ezekiel walked with God in obedience so that when we speak, because we're going to be talking. Church, we're talking, right? We're calling those things that are not as though they were. And we're telling those things that we speak to to hear the word of the Lord. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. And I pray that, that you that, that you walk worthy of the calling as Ezekiel did as well. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word this afternoon. We pray and ask that you would bless those that are listening, those that will be listening later. Lord God, I pray and ask that you, your peace rest upon them and rest upon those that are obedient, Lord God, those that are faithful in Jesus' name. Lord God, we'll continue to give your name the praise and speak of your goodness in Jesus' name.